This is Diapers and Disciples, Episode 8. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a mom. I'm Amber O'Hearn, and today I'm blessed to be chatting with my sister-in-law, Carissa, about her life as a single mom and how the Lord has been working in her the last few years. If you are a weary mom, a working mom, a busy mom, a lonely mom, a single mom, or a searching mom, this episode is for you. Thanks for listening in. Here's my chat with Carissa. I'm I'm so excited to have you, and um, I think that this conversation we're about to have is an important conversation because um, everyone that I've interviewed before, all my guests um, so far, have had a husband who's living out their faith, and I know for you and for a lot of moms listening to this podcast that um, that's actually not the case. So I wanted to have you on today to talk um, specifically about being a single parent and maybe to offer some insight and encouragement to women who might be in a similar situation. Um, So I guess my first question is, how do you do it? <laughs> because you work full time, you parent your kids, you have, you know, doing meals. Can you maybe just like walk us through what your day looks like? Um, sure. <laughs> First, when you said, how do you do it? I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe just walk us through a day. <laughs> um, it's tough working. I There's definitely a huge part of me that wishes I could be home with my kids. Um, but this is just where I'm at in life and that's okay. And I trust that even though like this isn't where I want to be, that, um, like God has a plan for me, even in this situation, um, versus like what I thought I had waiting for my life, which was like sharing my life with a spouse and, um, and my sharing my family with, um, a partner. And so, um, days are crazy. I, I don't love that I'm not home, but, um, but I do love my kids. Uh, we typically, um, so I do work full time. Um, I, we get up in the morning around six, um, and I get up and then I start turning lights on. I've learned over time that if I let the kids sleep till I wake them up, it's, it is nice. Cause then I have time to do like my hair and makeup and stuff or whatever I want to do, but then we're just late. It's just, they have to be up moving while I'm up moving. Um, they need time to like acclimate to the morning. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, my kids are five, uh, five, four and two right now. And, um, so I get, I start turning on lights, letting them kind of filter out into the world, <laughs> into our living room. And uh, we do breakfast, we do, which is cereal. There's no time for fancy breakfast, um, cereal or a banana. Um, and then I, I like use those, like I use a lot of stuff to get them moving. So it's like, okay, uh, oh yeah, you want cereal? Awesome. Like, let's get dressed. And then as soon as you're dressed, you can get cereal. Um, so we use a lot of, I use a lot of stuff for motivation because, um, like, I don't know, I, I mean, all of you know out there probably like having toddlers when you're trying to get them to do something or go somewhere, it's like, you feel like you're herding cats. Like you feel like you're like, <laughs> move this way, please, you know? So the most hysterical, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just feel like I used to, 
I mean, praise God. Every year they get older, I'm like, oh, praise you, Jesus, because because um, they can be a little bit more independent. I mean, I used to have to like do all these things, like turn off all the lights in the house, so then they'd move towards the one door that didn't that had a light on, so we could get out the door. I mean, it was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> mornings were crazy. But um, yeah, so we eat breakfast together. Um, actually, it's not together. They eat breakfast together, and I run around and um, am crazy, and. Uh, I get them dressed. Um, we go hop in the car. Um, they all are in car seats still. And so, um, you know, it's either move quick and I buckle them or else I'm going, buckle, buckle, come on, come on, let's go. <laughs> We're late. Um, and we always try, I always try to acknowledge Christ in the morning. So we don't necessarily pray together, but like, um, if uh, lately when we're getting in the car to leave, the sun's still rising a little bit. And so um, I'll say something like, oh, look what God did today. Or um, mm. look, that's what heaven is like. And um, mm. so I do that and we talk about it or like the kids will like thank God or whatever. Um, and then sometimes I try to say a prayer on the way to work. It depends what kind of like <laughs> mindset I'm in. Um, and then we like say hi to Jesus because we always pass the church on the way. So we always, everybody has to say hi to Jesus on our way to work. And um, so I drop them off at, um, praise God, uh, <laughs> my babysitter lives right next to my parents' house, um, which is so nice. Uh, my That's awesome. sister, yeah, it's so great. My sister is living with my parents right now. Um, her family is just for now, they're missionaries. Um, they live in Haiti, but they're back for a little bit for some medical issues. And um, so my sister actually takes the girls to school, her daughters, as well as my daughter, who's a kindergartner. And so I drop um, my daughter off there, and then I take the other two over to daycare. Um, and then I drive off quickly because I'm always like, oh, I got to get to work, got to get to work. Um, <laughs> and then I get to work, and I have class. I'm a teacher, so I teach uh, first period right away. And I have special ed kids, which is um, a gift to my heart because they just they just long to be loved, and um, and then they just, like, are always returning that love. Um, it's not always easy, but uh, they're just, like, a grace to have right in the beginning of my day. And so... Um, so, I mean, I'm just going, going, going from six o'clock to in the morning until, um, you know, I get through those first few classes of the day. Um, and then I, school ends at three 30, um, for me and the kids, like my sister picks up my daughter from school and, um, the kids are at the other two are at daycare. And so then I, yeah, I have what's called my sanity hour. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I make sure the kids are able to stay at daycare till five. Um, that way I, I'm required to be in school till four, um, as like per my contract basically. And then, um, I call four to five, I call it my sanity hour and that hour is blocked off so that if I have any meetings with parents, um, then I can schedule that meeting without going, oh my gosh, I got to pick up my kids. Um, if I have, and school ends at 3.30, so I can schedule meetings right at 3.30. Um, if I have an errand to run, like if I don't want to take all the kids grocery shopping, yeah. um, then I run that errand at that time. 
Or if I want to work out, which doesn't happen as often as I'd like, um, then I plan, I'll plan ahead that week, like, oh, I don't have any meetings on this day, that day, I'll go running real quick, and then I'll go pick up the kids. Um, and then if I'm, like, in a really, like, got-it-together mood, I'll be like, okay, um, I'm off early, and <laughs> they can be in my san- sanity hour, I'll go pick them up early, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can see how that would be so essential to have that time. It's just, um, it is. It's because there's, and I think other moms who are um, working out of, like, not in the home um, will agree that, like, there's just that fear when you're interacting with someone, um, like, at work where you're like, oh my gosh, I got to get going. I got to pick up the kids. Mm. And the sitter's going to think I'm a terrible person. Like, I forgot my own kids. <laughs> and they're going to be like, where are you? And so you, there's like this huge anxiety that that kind of um, abates, which is really nice. Hmm. And that gives you that time to transition as well, because I can imagine like for work um, and also having being a special education classroom and being the, the teacher there and then having that time to kind of transition before like jumping back into family life with your kiddos, it probably like mentally is good to have that kind of hour of transition time, I I would imagine. It's such a gift. And that's like the one thing that I do for myself. And I, you know, I used to feel really guilty about it because my time is limited with the kids, but um, it is, it's just a gift. And it's really cool because um, I do end my day in a um, Christian school. It's actually a Catholic school. And so um, before I leave, I'm able to stop in the chapel because um, that time is built in. And so, um, and I need that. I need that quiet time where I can go, oh, Lord, the weekend's about to start. And um, I don't know how I'm going to do the weekend. You know, I don't, because it is hard going back and forth between like, in the summer, I'm a stay-at-home mom, but um, the weekend is different because I'm not used to all day, and what do we do all day, and how do I not drive them insane, and how do they not drive me insane, and how do we just all love each other <laughs> without, yeah. like, going crazy? So, um, yeah, anyway, so it's really great to have that um, time of prayer, too, even if it's just two minutes or three minutes or whatever. Um, it's like, okay, Lord, you got this. I'm not the only one. So yeah, yeah, that's so good. And I'm so glad you mentioned that guilt, like how initially there was like a feeling of guilt because I think that is common across the board for moms to just like feel guilty when we're doing just self care, which we should be doing. We need to take care of ourselves. And so I think a lot of moms can probably relate to that, where it's like, oh, I've I've felt that guilt when I'm like away from my kids, but it's important to have time to take care of ourselves. So I'm glad, I'm glad that you said that because I think that'll resonate with people. Um, okay, so you have that time, then you go pick up your kids, and then um, do you guys head home usually right after that? Yeah, generally. Sometimes my mom will invite us over for dinner um, since I'm picking up my daughter there. Uh, but I try to avoid that because that can set us off schedule. And as every mom knows, when your kids are off schedule, it just creates this huge um, mess kind of. And sometimes, I mean, like I'm pretty flexible. I'm not like a schedule-driven person. Um, and uh, I, I just try to be really – or I am flexible. But I just know that staying at my parents, I get sucked into like – letting everybody else take care of the kids and wanting just to relax. And I don't know, there's just something about like, sometimes when you're home, you just want to like 
be the kid again and not the mom. And so yeah. <laughs> um, we try to go home and, um, and then uh, in the evening, like we'll do something. It's rough because I don't, it's not rough, but it's hard because I don't have um, like a window to my backyard. So mm-hmm. they can't, and my backyard isn't fenced in, so they can't like run while I'm making supper. So that's a little bit tough. Um, so then I just plan around that. Like if there's a supper where I'm like cooking inside, I'm actually making a meal, then um, we play inside. Or if not, then we like sometimes I'll plan like we're going to have boxed pizza and this other meal this week so that we can be outside and enjoy mm. being outside together. Um, and that'll be a quick meal. And so um, that usually determines whether or not we're inside or outside. And um, so then we spend time together. We uh, sit down and eat together. Um, and that's rough. I'm figuring that out because <laughs> my kids don't always like, they just, they're kids and they want like the staple, like pizza, chicken nuggets. And, um, when I make something else, you know, if it's a different color, they're like, Oh, that's so gross, mom. <laughs> and, yeah. And then I have to like keep my wits about me cause I'm tired. I just had a huge day and everything mm-hmm. in me wants to be like, what is wrong with you? I just cooked you a meal. Like this isn't from a box, you know? Um, yeah. And discipline. Discipline becomes difficult too because you're tired. And, um, you know, the easy way out is to not follow through. And so um, even with the meals and stuff, that that's like my like trial hour of like when God's like, you know, are you going to, and you know, it's fine to fail. It's not that big a deal, but, um, you know, am I going to step up and be the parent and say like, I love you enough to say like, no, you're eating that or no, go to your bedroom, you're throwing a tantrum or whatever I need to do. Or am I just going to be like, I am so tired. I don't care. Fine here. Have this instead. You know, so it's very like, there's always that, not always, but there's that moment of like, okay, am I going to step up and be the disciplinary or am I, you know, so it's, Mm. um, so there's moments throughout the evening that are like that. And um, sometimes I'm not, sometimes I'm just like, okay, I'm going to let them throw their tantrum and then I don't want to fight them into timeout um, or (laughs) I just, um, or I follow through and that's helpful too. So it's a weird balance, you know, because I'm at home all day. So um, yeah, but anyway, so then we eat and that's great. And then, um, we do baths, not every night sometimes, um, or else we do an activity together. Um, and baths is, um, always a challenge because we wash hair and we, and they don't like their hair washed <laughs> and, you know, the stuff that you really have to do as a parent. And, um, and then we, um, have to do an early bedtime because, if we're getting up at six every morning and if we don't do a good bedtime, then they're just miserable throughout their day. Mm. And so, um, so then we start bedtime, they all sleep in the same room. So all you mothers out there with toddlers know (laughs) (laughs) that's the witching hour, right? I have all these hours. (laughs) Yeah. So, so that's crazy because do you just maybe like is it like an all at once thing or yes. do you just, okay, child for child, all at once? Yeah. Yeah. So we have a routine. We um, read books. Um, and honestly, like if I'm done and they're done and we've, they've had their tantrums and I've thrown my tantrums, <laughs> um, then we skip books. And uh, hmm. that's just, and sometimes that's for me. That's like, 
I'm frustrated and we're just going to have to skip books. And, um, and they're not stupid because of it. And they're not less of children and they still get love time when we, when I put them to bed. So, um, it works. And cause I used to be like, Oh my gosh, I didn't read books to them tonight. And I'm a horrible parent, but, um, but we've moved on. I mean, there's just things that you do sometimes in the moment and that's just survival and that's okay. And, um, so I forgive myself a lot throughout the night. <laughs> That's good. That's so good. Um, oh, and I forgot teeth brushing. We do that. That is like the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> that is. Yeah, trying to get three people in the bathroom at once. <laughs> little squirrelies and, um, and getting them to get that job done and me holding them down and brushing their teeth. So it's rough. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I love it. I mean, like, if I didn't love them, if they weren't my kids, it would be a lot harder. But I just, it's, they make it awesome. And um, anyways, so then we do, uh, they all get in their bed, their allotted space. And uh, I sit in the rocking chair and we pray uh, the angel of God together. And then I just say, like, if anybody has a prayer in their heart, go ahead and um, say it. So then they'll, like, say their prayers out loud, which is hilarious and amazing and makes it like it's that moment oh where you're like gosh. oh it's all worth it <laughs> like, that them. is so sweet oh my goodness that's adorable um I love that because your children are still young and so it's just so encouraging to hear like when you give them that that opportunity that they do have something that they want to pray for that's so <laughs> sweet I love it that's so great. Yeah, and not to be, like, too raw or, like, to be too, like, uh, scandalizing to anybody, but the truth is sometimes my kids are like, now I don't have a prayer on my heart. My wife is like, you know, I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. Yeah. So they do prayers, and then, um, yeah, I try to front load everything, so – we, I have drinks that they take to bed with them, little drinks for the two that are potty trained, a bigger drink for the one that's not. Um, and Theo or the two have the opportunity to go to the bathroom um, because they'll use any excuse they can to get out of bed. And so, <laughs> so I try to front load all that and eliminate their like need to get out of bed and um, and then I just sit outside their room and kind of police them for a little bit until everybody settles. So, um, and then that's our night, um, our night together. Um, and then, yeah, the time after they're in bed um, has been changing over time for me. Um, and so that's kind of grown into its own thing, which is really um, great. So, um, so it's short. I mean, like all of that, that's all that happens in my day that I get to see my kids and that's tough, but, um, it's what God has put in front of me right now. And so I'm really grateful. I'm, I am grateful that I can provide for my kids and that they, that I, I get, um, even that time with them. So, mm. yeah, that's beautiful. So, um, when you became a single parent, what was your faith like? at that time like did did becoming a single parent uh, put a strain did you feel like it put a strain in your relationship with God or did it bring you closer to him or what was that like um I love that question because um I mean I went through divorce and as a Christian especially as a Catholic there's a lot of questions that come with that um and uh you know a friend asked me recently 
and I know all the listeners aren't Catholic, and that's okay. Um, a friend asked me recently, she said, when you became divorced, did you feel rejected by the church? Um, and um, something that I shared with her that really was just my heart, it really isn't anything I'd ever thought about before, is that you know when we are struggling or something crazy happens in our lives, we can either, like tragedy, specifically tragedy, we can run into the arms of the church run into the arms of Christ, or we can run away. And um, by the grace of God, I was able to just like run into the arms of the church and um, seek counsel and seek guidance. And um, I felt nothing from specifically the Catholic church and, and then also just from Christ, nothing but like open arms embracing me and mm. um, helping me through a time in my life that was um, horrifying and uh, scary and uh, lonely and... Um, yeah, so uh, do I recommend anything that I've been through? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, but the Lord has carried um, myself and my children in a way that um, that can't be overlooked. So extreme that at times I'd be like in spiritual direction. And I'd be like, Father, I can't believe I'm ungrateful. Or I can't believe I'm I'm upset at God. And, you know, and Father would be like, no, it's okay, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, because I am, I'm so humbled by what he's given me. And, um, yeah, the intimacy between Christ and I, um, the healing that he's allowed to happen um, since this time, um, since the divorce, the separation and divorce began, since I became a single mom, which was really totally while the trouble was there and the things that were happening there, it was overnight. It wasn't like I planned for it or I expected it or I knew it was happening next week. I mean, like, it was overnight. And, um, yeah, the, <laughs> the Lord's really carried me. And um, he's taught me, again, like I said, intimacy with Christ, which I wouldn't allow for a long time and has healed a lot of wounds through, um, I mean, divorce is a tragedy no matter what perspective you're looking at it from um and so amidst my tragedy yeah for sure he's just reeled me right into his heart and um and there I rest hoping everything's taken care of because <laughs> lord knows um it's tough it's not easy so mm. wow that's beautiful thank you for sharing that um I'm wondering for for women who are listening to this right now who are maybe right now in that place of like heartbreak and disbelief and confusion, maybe going through something similar to what you went through. Um, what would you say, say to them right now in, in that place where they're at right now? Well, I'll probably lot, <laughs> um, but specifically that, the devil is going to do everything in his power to try and convince you that you are alone. Um, and you're going to feel lonely. It's horrifying to become a single mom. It's scary. It's just scary. Um, and the devil's going to try and convince you you're alone and you're not. And I just, you know, I see the church and I see her as, um, I see her as Christ, um, just with their arms wide open, um, waiting to receive you, just as we're waiting to receive him. 
And so I just encourage you to run into those arms, whatever it is, whether it's a friend who is um, who you look up to their faith or um, a priest or a clergyman or um, a family member, just start reaching out. The first person I told about some stuff that was going on in our uh, marriage, I was horrified because you, you don't have like – like your friends are like either like happily married or like are just living a different life. And um, the first person I told there was like a, I mean, don't go out and advertise, but there was a huge relief that came with it. And then a, just like a slew of like support, like she was able to pray for me and um, she actually connected me into some groups that I didn't know existed. And um, so just reach out and don't let yourself, uh, don't believe the lie that you're alone. Um, and, it, I don't know. It, I want to say it gets better, and it does. But really, you're going to have to take some steps that are really hard, and, and that's okay. Just make sure you reach out to have some help with that. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> that's helpful. I wonder if maybe I could even uh, link to maybe some of those groups that you were talking about or maybe resources that you recommend that would be helpful for, for maybe women that are in this this place. Maybe I can do that in the show notes um, awesome. for those listening. Um, uh, Chrissy, you've said to me before, um, no, I'm not exactly sure like how it was phrased, so you can just correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you've mentioned how this cross that you have been given has um, now allowed you to be able to uh, minister to other women I don't know if that's the way to say it or you've so I guess I'm just wondering how did you go from seeing your circumstances as a cross to seeing it as an opportunity to to minister to other women um well God just put me in that spot it really wasn't anything that I specifically pursued from the beginning um our diocese or the area that we live in um offered the Catholic Survival um, Guide to, sorry, the Catholic Survival Guide to Divorce, and it's a support series created by um, some kind of amazing theologians, um, as well as um, some people Catholics who have been through divorce, and um, I uh, went to that group for the first time. Um, and like I said, it's like a video series, so it's not just like a support group where you're like. Hmm like bashing your spouse or anything like that it's it's a series and um so uh during my separation and divorce I went I started attending regularly um and the guidance that I found there was um compelling like I found women and men um but you know specifically I I latched on to the women um who had been through something similar in their life but now we're living um a life filled with joy and peace, and were functioning well in society, all of which I felt like I was lacking at the time. Um, just given my circumstances, I was a mess. And uh, so I became involved, in, and that really uh, compelled me to keep coming, was seeing those women. And uh, as I participated in the group, I the Lord used a lot of different things um, to heal me, and to walk closer to him and really process what happened to me and to my family. 
and um, then he just started sending all the women. <laughs> so <laughs> someone would share with me even just a dating relationship they were in, and I would see some red flags or um, I was able to see um, things like emotional abuse in a different light and um, was able to help um, – open others' eyes to that. And it just gave me a, res- a respect and an understanding of truth and how much truth can really, really, like the Bible says, set us free. And um, so really, instead of like giving advice and being all these things to these women who are going through divorce or um, who were separated from their spouses or um, who were in a, and I try not to counsel women who are in a marriage um tough stuff going on I try to leave that to the priests and stuff because I don't want to interfere but um but when it came to that stuff instead of me giving advice it was more like um the, I felt like the Lord was using me as a mirror to show them back mm. like just to be a mirror of the truth like what they're telling me and and to look back at them and say you know that's not normal or that's not safe or um this is what I experienced or um, even just reminders of like what divorce is and what that means and like it's, you know, a civil agreement or a lawful agreement that sets boundaries between you and your spouse or, you know, and just stuff like that. And um, so the Lord really just used me more as a tool versus me seeking out and finding that. And now our, um, I'm still involved with the divorce support ministry here and um, we have some really amazing things happening and uh, we're reaching out to priests in the area, and we've got a program going. Um, I mean, after the first couple of years, I was asked to help facilitate the groups. And, I mean, God's just amazing. He took he mm-hmm. just he wants to, um, he wants to, like, bloom us. Like, he see we're like these little flowers, and he just wants to, like, open our petals. And, and um, he just wants to, like, so that we can receive him, and he wants us to mm. be beautiful for the world, and he wants all these things from us. And so um, we have to be willing to, like, hand ourselves over to let that happen. And so mm. that's all. The Lord just did that, and all these women um, began to filter into my life who are going through some stuff. And so um, he's just using me, which is great. Like, please, Lord, just keep using me because I <laughs> don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Mm, so that's beautiful I love that I love that image of like just blossoming and that's what the Lord wants from us and he's like cultivating that in us um to be able to open us like that and um that's so beautiful um I'm wondering um what does your prayer life look like do you um do you do you feel like you have a set time each day or is it kind of just sporadic or is it what does that look like for you? Um, in the beginning, when I was like in in survival mode, um, I mean, I was so to give like the listeners some context. Um, I was pregnant with our third um, when we separated, and um, so all my babies were babies because they're only about a year, a little over a year apart. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awful. I was just trying to survive, and the best advice at that time that I got from spiritual direction was to not be so hard on myself. Um, and that made me mad. I told my priest, I was like, no, I was like, if I'm not hard on myself, I'm just going to become nothing. And he's like, no, 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 just let go. Um, so for a long time, my prayer was when I could, when I had the strength to pray or when I needed something, like I was just like, Lord, I'm so alone. I need you. And, or journaling was a huge form of prayer for me. 
Um, but as time has healed those wounds, that's changed. I knew for a long time that the Lord was calling me to pray at night when I was put, after I put the kids to bed. And that was very hard for me because I don't have downtime. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of women don't. You're a mom. You don't have downtime. The end. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah. so um, I was, I, we don't have internet in our home, but on my phone, um, I was watching Netflix, you know, whatever cool series had come along or rewatching The Office because <laughs> for the hundredth time. Um, and that was my way to just like not exist for a while and to just, um, but I felt like I knew, I kept going to confession. And it was like I was telling the Lord, or I was telling my confessor every time, like, I know the Lord's calling me to prayer in the evening. I can feel it. I can hear it. I know it. Like my whole body knows, just like, just like when someone knows it's going to rain or like just when you, you know it's time to eat, like my body could feel it's, this is God's calling me to prayer right now. But, um, but I, I just keep turning to television and food. Food can be a crutch for me too, uh, for comfort. And, um, and I mean, over what I've been learning is that the Lord will fill you so that your desires change when you ask him to, because I wanted to do all these things to quit my TV addiction. And as I kept doing them, I kept failing. And um, through um, guidance, and then as well as through prayer, I've learned that the Lord just changes your desire. So each night, my um, there are times when I still watch TV. There's, um, there's times where I delete my Netflix app so that I have no access to TV for, um, you know, a week or whatever I feel like I need. Um, but um, and so sometimes I will watch a show once the kids are in bed, but then that's my prayer time. And so each night I pray um, a rosary because Our Lady of Fatima told us to. Um, Our Lady of Fatima is just an apparition that um, happened in Fatima to three young children. And so I pray my rosary each night. Um, and I love the rosary because it's a way, it's a vehicle to reflect on the life of Christ. And each mystery, you're entering into the life of Christ. And... Um, and then you're bringing all your, your friends and family who you're praying for, you're also bringing them into the life of Christ um, through that prayer. So that's really beautiful and a gift. Um, so I pray my rosary every night, and then and then I spend um, time in quiet prayer. And so I'll invite the Holy Spirit in, and then um, a lot of times I feel like the Lord's like, read your Bible. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so um, I'm like, fine, whatever. Um, but even there, it's like I find so much because it's Christ's life is in the Bible. That's amazing. And so um, so then I spend some time with my Bible, but only like a passage or, or a chapter, not anything intense. I'm not like, you know, I'm not a theologian. I don't have time to be a cloistered person um, separated from society. I don't have time to constantly be reflecting in prayer, and I don't have time to be a theologian who knows the Bible front to back. So um, so I just pray with the Bible for a little bit, and then, um, and then I um, recently, most recently, how I pray is uh, I try to use my imagination, and I um, sometimes I'll lay myself like on an exam table, and I'll say, um, Lord, you are the great... Um, physician, you're the divine physician, heal me. Uh, that's usually like if I don't know what's wrong or if I don't know um, what I need. And then um, other times I'll try to um, invite Jesus. So I'll uh, try to imagine him and I in a white room and um, sometimes just looking into his eyes, sometimes it's talking to him. 
Um, gosh. Um, and other times I'm like, I just feel like I want to sing or I feel like I want to whatever. And so mm-hmm. hopefully that's the Holy Spirit and hopefully I'm not getting in the way of the Lord moving. And um, so that's how I pray in the evening. And um, that's been a, uh, that's really new for me, really new because this is um, the third, about the third year since we've been apart, my spouse and I. And um, so it took a long time to get to that place. I always was like, when he first left, or when we first got divorced, I thought, I always wanted to be like, tonight I'm going to pray my rosary, and then I'm going to read my Bible, and blah, blah, blah. And that's what I wanted to jump to, and then I just kept failing at that. Um, but getting to that point where I pray like that, which, I mean, isn't even that. I mean, it's it's a it's a gift to be with the Lord, but getting to that point took a long time and a lot of healing and accepting that. Um, I didn't have the capacity to pray like that um, at the time. And um, so that's my prayer. And it's, God is so good. He just moves and um, and hopefully he just keeps moving in me because I just need to grow <laughs> a lot. Um, he's healed me a lot, but I, I have a long ways to go. And um, yeah, that's, yeah, yes, that's how I pray. I love that. And I just feel like the Lord has been so gentle with you in that um and just merciful and generous in his love and like I think about um how we can beat ourselves up for oh man my prayer didn't look a certain way today and I wish it would have looked this way and um instead I just watched a show or I did something like that but you know the Lord is so patient and so merciful and so generous and I love how your prayer has just evolved over time and um and how he's how he's worked in you um is beautiful so thank you for sharing that um so Carissa what would you say is your favorite part of your home and why Mm, I have I used to just have one favorite I have a couple now um I have uh, I call it my green loving room because I have sort of, I have a dining room that I also changed into a living room just to have more space for the kids and I. Um, so my green living room is not the same as my dining room living room, but um, <laughs> I don't know why that matters. Um, I like that living room. It's kind of out of the way. And uh, so then I keep that living room very tidy um, and the kids play more. It's not as central to our home. And so the kids play more in the other spaces that there are. And so I keep it clean. And so that's kind of like, as <laughs> I use the word sanity, but the word, it's a, it's a sanity space for me, um, where it's always clean, no matter how chaotic my home is. And it's a really great place to pray. Um, I've got some cool images of, of, the Lord and uh, his sacred heart, and then um, I have Mary, and I have a crucifix there, so it's a great, peaceful place to pray, and then also more recently, my bedroom, um, I kind of uh, made that a more peaceful space, um, just by, like, decorating it differently, you know, us women, we like to decorate, and and that has become a place of prayer for me, which it wasn't really in in the past, and so Again, I try to keep that room tidy, and it keeps tidy because the kids aren't running in it all the time. And um, so those are, like, my favorite spaces for sure. Um, I mean, I love my kids, but I also appreciate my time alone and time alone with the Lord. And so um, those are the places where, um, yeah, 
I, I'm like drawn back to Christ the most in my home. Mm. So. Yeah, that makes sense. And it seems like um, for me as well, when there's less chaos or I'm in a place that's like organized, I'm able to just relax more and experience more peace because there's not so much craziness going on. So I can see why having a space like that <laughs> is just such a such a benefit and so essential. So, um, and what is something you are loving recently? Oh my gosh. I hate this because this makes me sound like I'm just like this crazy spiritual person, but I'm not. I'm like <laughs> super normal and there are things that frustrate me too. And, but, um, I'm reading, um, Interior Castle by Teresa of Avila and, wow. um, it's like, it's just a, beautiful book loving it loving it so much so, yeah. awesome are you how far into it are you um I'm on the it's divided okay so anyone listening is like divided into not chapters but like mansions um because that sounds so weird um but, <laughs> so I'm on the fifth mansion which is like chapter eight or something I don't know and is it like a biography of her life or yeah. is it a prayer prayer book? No, actually, um, Teresa of Avila, she was, I read this in the foreword, so I, this is what I know. Um, she uh, had run into an old confessor of hers randomly and then like they got all got snowed into this hotel her and a bunch of nuns and um, and then this confessor who she didn't even know was going to be there and um, the second day they were snowed in she was able to speak with him and she started to describe her prayer life and and describe like that um, heaven and even like our interior prayer life is um, like this castle this crystal um, castle, and then anytime there's a lot of different aspects, but like anytime um, we are in deep sin or mortal sin, it's like we throw a like the Lord's light is always shining into this crystal castle, and then we throw this um, cloth or this blanket over the castle, and we're not able to receive the light that's shining in. Hmm. Um, and but anyway, so it's like about all these different rooms and levels, and um, the intimacy with Christ um, that we should be striving for, and. Um, it's just written really funny. She's, uh, she is really down to earth and she's not super organized. She's very, you can tell she's not angry, but she's annoyed that the Lord asked her to write this book because this priest, (laughs) her confessor was like, um, you know, she came to him eventually again. She came to him to apologize for telling him about all this stuff because she's like, I just let my tongue run wild and I shouldn't have talked so long the other day. And um, he said to her, I, I've been praying about it and God wants you to write this in a book and about the interior castle. And um, she, you know, was like, oh, I've already written two books. This is annoying. And then uh, she felt like God was calling her to do the same. So she makes it very clear throughout the Lord, throughout the book, like, I'm just trying to obey the Lord. <laughs> I don't know anything. This is annoying. So, um, so it's really um, a gift. And I've had guidance from my spiritual director as I read it, too, which um, is so nice. Because I think as women, we want to, like, pick up a book and um, be that saint. And we're not that saint. (laughs) We're like our own beautiful design. And so, um, we're called to be observers and to ask the Lord how he wants to move in our life, not necessarily be somebody else. So, Mm. yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. 
And I don't know very much about Teresa of Avila, so I might have to check that out because it sounds, it sounds great. Um, okay, and my last question for you, do you have any mom hacks to share? Oh, boy. I've been trying to think of this one a lot. I think um, the sanity hour is the hack of my life right now. Yeah. Um, and I think, to this isn't a hack, but just like giving your – like as moms, we have to stop and we have to say, my kids are fed, they are safe, they are okay, and it's okay for me to be away from them. So like um, – you're really just praying through some of that guilt that we tend to put on ourselves. But for sure, for sure, my hack is the sanity hour. I <laughs> any mother out there to schedule in and make sure that you have someone caring for your kids. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be an hour a day. That's pretty extreme. Um, that's so that I can have meetings and stuff too. But um, to schedule in time, even if it's paying someone else to watch your kids, schedule it in. Like that's my hack. That's how I stay um, semi-sane. I wouldn't say I'm fully sane. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's, that's really helpful. That's great. That's a perfect mom hack. <laughs> well, Carissa, thank you so much for chatting with me. I have received so much from this and, um, I've been really moved by our conversation and I, I know this will be a benefit to, to moms listening as well. So thank you. Thank you for your time and thank you for for your vulnerability and sharing with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm I'm I was very humbled when you asked me. So, thank you, thank you and yeah, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and close this in a prayer awesome. and um give your beautiful kids a kiss and a hug from me. <laughs> yeah. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for um, this time to share with one another and to just invite you into our hearts. And um, we ask, Lord, that we can just be more aware of you moving throughout of our throughout our day, and um, that we can be attentive to your Holy Spirit and to the ways that you're guiding us and leading us. I pray for all the moms listening today who. Um, are in a place of, of loneliness or heartache or hurt, Lord, that you would fill them with your love, that you would send people into their lives to show them your love and to show them your care and compassion. Pray, Lord, for all the moms listening today that they can find uh, rest and peace in you. And Jesus, we pray all this in your holy name. Amen. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening in today. And a special thanks to Carissa for opening our heart to us. Each week I do this show, I am more and more convicted about how much we need Jesus and how much we need people supporting us on our journey. Would you join me this week in reaching out to a mom who might need a coffee date, or someone to just tell them that they're doing an awesome job as a mom. And would you do me a favor as well? I'm planning future topics for the show, and I would love to know a little bit more about each of you and what you'd like to hear about. So if you are a regular listener, would you go to diapersanddisciples.com and scroll down to the bottom of the page to take a quick survey? It's five questions, and most of them you can just check a box. That would be super helpful for me in prepping for future episodes of the show. Thanks again. You all are in my prayers. God bless.